Welcome to Unworldly Everything. You have now opened the door to higher worlds and unanswered questions. On the show, we seek the fringes of our mental limits and deep dive into all things superhuman, supernatural, and paranormal. We are your hosts, psychic medium Bonnie McCliss and my psychic daughter, Julia Gerber. Join us as we move through a journey of awakening this strange, mystical, spiritual revolution. Hello and welcome. I am your host, Bonnie McCliss, and this is Unworldly Everything. This episode is our weird introduction of ourselves and our new podcast. As you heard earlier, this podcast is specifically for exploring all things supernatural and paranormal. We cover everything from ghosts and intuitive lifestyle to things like aliens, parallel worlds, past lives. I mean, we will cover it all. (laughs) So how did all of this begin? Sometimes it's kind of difficult to explain to others something that seems so natural to me and my family. I made a short documentary video of my mom for a college project a few years ago. I interviewed her about her experiences and how she came to be a psychic in the first place. And together we put this strange aspect of our daily lives into words. People have asked me to define psychic or how I consider psychic ability to come across uh, with other people. And the first thing that I tell them is that I believe everybody has psychic ability. It's a bit like singing. So some people are born with a natural singing ability and are just inherently gifted. Other people work really hard to build that gift to get to where they are. And then some people, you never want to hear them open their mouth and sing a note ever. So I believe psychic ability to be a God-given intuitive gift or an installation between the heart and brain so that we can better communicate with our higher self and our guides in this life. So I'm often asked how I knew I was psychic or when did I know I was psychic? And so it brings me back to these psychic milestones that really stood out in my memory. I would say it began around the age four when I would see orbs and colorful lights, much like the Aurora Borealis hovering above my bed at night. When I would tell my mother about this phenomenon, she told me that, of course, I was probably just imagining or dreaming this all up, as most mothers in the 80s would. Those experiences seemed to graduate into imaginary friends. I had this specific imaginary friend in preschool. I named her Emily. And this is when some of the first problems occurred because I insisted on having this spirit imaginary friend with me at all times and even having an empty chair next to me for her to sit. Well, one day, a little boy decided to sit next to me in that empty chair, squishing my imaginary spirit friend, Emily, and I immediately pushed him to the floor. And I guess that was, you know the breaking point for preschool, um, and they asked me not to come back. My poor frazzled mother tried to embody my imaginary friends uh, in her version of homemade Cabbage Patch dolls. 
Um, however, my childhood just kept getting weirder and weirder and weirder. One day, Emily just left without even saying goodbye. And when she departed, that's when things got really hard. Spirits were constantly coming in and out of the house. I thought these things I kept seeing were fun and friendly. Until one day, a pivotal moment changed my life. One day, around the age of six, I was sitting on my bed reading books when the spirit of a woman walked right through my bedroom wall. She was wearing all black and screaming at me. No sound came out, but she continued to project images of fire. It scared me because I had never seen a spirit so manic. And eventually the images grew more and more intense. And finally I was hearing the words fire, fire inside of my head over and over again. Somehow this spirit encouraged me to place my hand on the wall behind me. And I just remember feeling that the wall was burning hot. I don't know how I gained the courage, but I ran out of my room into the bedroom of my mother where she was taking a nap. I don't know what was scarier, like waking up my sleeping mom during a nap or a spirit screaming fire in my room. But I told her and I begged her to get up and come into my room and she did. A little agitated um, at me, of course. But when my mom put her hand on the wall, I just remember the color draining out of her face. And she turned and ran out of my room into the adjoining bathroom where she found the wall heater had set fire to the insulation um, of the wall. So it was just, it was, it was amazing. Uh, the fire trucks came. Um, I was really scared as a little kid. But I also remember a fireman telling my mom that we were super lucky that we caught this in time. This event changed me because not only did these apparitions or the spirit save my life, I saw they could have far-reaching pain and emotions not unlike the living. So now when I look back, I, I shudder to think about what would have actually happened to a dreamy six-year-old and a sleeping mother without this kind of intervention. That day, I gained a deep respect and a newfound fear, actually, for how powerful and emotional those spirits could come across. For the rest of my early childhood, I seemed to not really fit in at school. I cycled through therapist after therapist and eventually was diagnosed with schizophrenic hallucinations. Eventually, I just started believing what all these doctors were telling me. I thought maybe I really was crazy and seeing things. I actually remember the very moment when I just gave up arguing and accepted it. At that point, as I'm sure others could experience as well, my gift just seemed to shut down at that point. And throughout middle school, I was put on various medications and committed to a psychiatric institution. I felt like I actually fell out of touch with everything, the living and the dead. For many years after this hospitalization, I struggled to know the truth of my identity. I stayed in this place of just confusion and didn't know where I belonged. It wasn't until I found a therapist that suggested that I wasn't schizophrenic at all or even hallucinating. She believed that I was actually just a naturally born psychic. Not crazy, but psychic. And 
At first, I didn't even know what to make of that. I was like, I don't even think I even uh, have ever heard that word before. And I just said, you know, what is, explain that. What is a psychic? Um, so she did. She was very patient with me, and she really helped me open the doors that I had closed. Um, I started pouring through all of the books about being psychic and mediumistic. I read everything I could get my hands on, going to libraries, um, and, and my Amazon bill, of course, went absolutely through the roof. But I quickly found that there were still a lot of holes and unanswered questions to this gift and these, you know, unexplainable experiences. And it probably didn't help that all of this information was in different places. You know, you read one book about being psychic and intuitive and another one about past lives and another one about angel guides and, you know, so on and so forth. Definitely. Yes. And not to mention that the Internet is full of false information and dark connotations surrounding this stuff. And that is partially why I wanted to start this podcast for the others looking for answers to those practically unanswerable questions. So I, I definitely went through the books. Um, and after I read and read and read and read, I went to school to become a yoga teacher. And that's when things actually started to come together. Uh, I understood about sacred practice and the foundations for spirituality. And then, of course, as we do, you know, engraved more information and went to school to be a hypnotherapist as well. And so when you put these two together, really, it's this kind of silent, introverted contemplation that we could also call meditation um, was this true turning point in accessing my abilities that I had lost. I began seeking other people like me out, other psychics, mediums. I wanted to hear their stories. I wanted to hear their techniques and how they began to develop their own personal gifts. I started my business renting out this cute little office in a shop called Cosmic Connections in Nashville. And this place just became my family, my tribe. I mean, they didn't think I was weird. I was just so lucky to have the support and love in this new community. This tiny little bookshop gave me my first chance and a home to explore my talents. So, you know, it didn't take long for you know this stuff to kind of catch on. And again, me just wanting to go far and wide, I tr began traveling and speaking and working in film and radio, and then eventually wrote my first book, The Other Side of Normal. All of this journey brought me to the apex of my work with my co-creators, my business called The Legend of Greater Things. This is a healing retreat center in Hot Springs, Arkansas, where we use sound and intuition and meditation to help people find their individual intuitive birthrights. You know, I've been in the psychic world now for so long. Sometimes I notice that I can tend to just forget that some people are new to this extraordinary world or are from a different lifestyle or background. So in your opinion, Julia, um, you're somewhat in between the two worlds. How did your peers react to you being a product of a psychic family or having a medium mother? Well, you know, growing up in Las Vegas, Nevada, when we were moving to the middle of the Bible Belt, that was a really big shift. 
Yeah, the environment was different. The people were different. In Vegas, you came to expect that everyone was weird and quirky, not quite the traditional American or, you know, whatever. But in Tennessee, most people had the same mannerisms and morals and values. And it was just drastically different from where I grew up in my early childhood. And it wasn't really until middle school, after we had moved, when we stopped going to church and I noticed that we were different Uh, from most other families here. And when I was in high school, when your career really started to take off, I was never really scared or ashamed of what you did for a living and kind of how we lived as a family. But sometimes it was very awkward trying to explain this kind of thing to friends and people I knew. Some part of me always loved seeing the shocked looks on their faces when they're like, oh, that's, that's weird. Um... Okay. And there were, of course, always skeptics and kids who tried to convert me from my family's evil ways. You know, they would follow me down the hallways at school in between classes with Bibles in their hands, tapping me with them and poking at me and quoting scriptures at me. But honestly, even that wasn't all that bad. I wasn't really bullied more than that point. It was pretty mild. I remember spending a whole class period one day explaining spiritualism to everybody and had a very actually chill debate with one of the hardcore Christians in the room. And that was that was really fun. Everyone was like listening and kind of putting in their own ideas and two cents. It was actually a really respectful, strange conversation to have in high school. But it was it's a day that stands out to me because it was a very interesting theological discussion. However, on the other side of things, when I would meet mom's clients and friends as the eldest child, they would always expect me to have, you know, be like her and ask if I could do the things that she did. And both of my siblings experience a good bit of the paranormal on a weekly basis. But we each have our own goals and aspirations and things that don't always have anything to do with mom's side of work. I think that's what makes our family so perfectly abnormally normal. Well, so that's definitely a little bit about us. Uh, We will continue to use our experiences and perspectives in this podcast to cover a wide variety of topics concerning everything otherworldly, metaphysical, and spiritualistic. I'm so excited that this world is now so open-minded, you know, at this point in time. It seems like We've evolved at light speed the last few years. And when it comes to thinking outside of the box, we are just craving it. We're ready. I feel like everything happens for a reason. And I know I have personally gone through these ups and downs of psychic development so that I can truly understand, you know, how much it takes to get into this world. And I can be of service and help others on their own journey through this transcendental unknown. Thank you for listening to Unworldly Everything. 